opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Well, hello, everybody. This is Jewel, and this is Independent Living Skills once again. This week, we will be talking about the dining room and serving and setting up the table. If you want to go ahead and give commands, Lucy, we'll be able to get people to unmute and raise hands. Okay, when Jewel tells us it's time to have question and answer, to raise your hand on the PC, it is Alt-Y. On your Mac, it's Option-Y. On your telephone keypad phones, it is Star-9. And in your uh, smart devices, it's under the More option in the lower right-hand corner. Double-tap that and flick until you find Raise Hand. To mute and unmute, and I will lower your hands, by the way, to mute and unmute, Alt-A on your PC, Command-Shift-A on your Mac, star 6 on your telephone keypads, and uh, in the lower left-hand corner of your smart devices. And um, first of all, in order to do any of these things, you must hit the Got It button when you first come into the meeting. This meeting is being recorded for your safety and security and ours. So thank you very much. So today we are going to do part one of two parts for the dining room. Part one will be on the setting the table and serving an organization. Part two will be your personal eating and drinking techniques. Um, so the first thing we're going to talk about is actually setting the table. Um, Everybody does it a little differently, and I'm going to describe my way. And then when we get to questions, you're welcome to share your way. No one way is right. So the first thing I do is the tablecloth. And much like with a sheet, you want to spread it out across the table. Um, if you have a rectangle table, obviously you want the long part of the tablecloth going the long way across the table. So you want to make sure that you do that. If you have a square table or a round table, it's not as, you know, it's, it's not going to be necessary to look for the right side because they're all the same. Oval tables are a little more confusing, but you want the long way um, going across the table the long way. Um, so just figure out which way is longer and that will be the one that goes the longest way across your table. Um, so the first thing that I do is spread it across the table completely, just smooth it out. And then I go around and I measure with my hand how far down that tablecloth is going. So if your tablecloth on one side is half a hand's width and on the other side is a hand and a half, well, you know that you need to pull the shorter side down to make it even by about a quarter of a hand's width. So then you pull the side that's shorter and you check both sides measuring with your hand again. Um, you can use a ruler if you want. I just go by the hand. My hand's six inches, so I'm, you know, I'm cool with approximation. You'll want to do that on all sides so that um, all sides are about even and then smooth out the front because if you pull on one side, there's inevitably going to be some wrinkles. Um, the next thing that I do, and not everybody uses these, but I do, they're placemats. Um, placemats are a great way to indicate where people are going to sit. Um, you don't have to have them because obviously chairs will indicate where people are going to sit. But they're also a great way to give you a guide for where to place the dishes in that spot so that they're just right. Um, when you put a placemat at a setting... You can use your hand again to measure how far it is from the edge of the table and also how far from the next setting so that everybody's evenly spaced out and also evenly spaced from the edge of the table. So I usually place my table, my uh, placemat about two finger widths away from the edge of the table. Um, and then I just space the distance to the edge of the table and the distance between placemats on how many settings and how big the table is and how big the placemats are. 
Um, so you just want to go, you know, this is a uh, four foot table. I've got four settings. So you want to evenly space them so that they're, you know, got an equal amount between them. Um, once you have your placemat down, that will give you a guideline for where the dishes go. So for instance, when you place your plate, or if you're doing something really formal and you want to charge your plate, you place that charger plate in the center of your placemat. So, you know, if it's a rectangle placemat, then you want to evenly space between the two sides and evenly place between the top and bottom. Obviously, those are going to be different if you have a rectangular placemat. If you have a round placemat, I've seen occasionally those, or a square placemat, which is a little less common, um, you're going to want it evenly all the way around. So again, you would use your fingers and hands to measure the distance between the plate and the edge of the placemat. When you are setting the table, it is a good idea to always set it the same way, not just for um, looking good, but also if you sit at the table and your plate is always at the same spot, your, your glass is always at the same spot, your utensils always, you know, where they belong, you're going to know where they are automatically and you're never going to have to worry about where's my fork, where's my knife, it's always going to be in the same spot. So the best way to set the table that I found, and this is what um, they often give an etiquette for a, an everyday meal, you're probably going, only going to have a plate, maybe a bowl, a glass, and a fork, and knife, and maybe a spoon. Uh, and then, of course, a napkin. So for your everyday place setting, You'll want to put your plate in the middle of the placemat, as mentioned, and then your glass or cup or, um, you know, whatever you're using for a drink will go in the right hand side of the plate up at the corner of the placemat. So about two o'clock. Um, and then your uh, fork goes on the left and your knife on the, am I saying that right? I think. I'm sorry. Um, let me let me make sure I'm giving this to y'all right. I'm horrible with um, left and right. So yeah, so the fork on the left and the knife on the right, and then the spoon on the right side of the knife. So. Um, so most people, when they cut, they cut with their right hand. Obviously, that changes if you're left-handed, but, you know, like I've cut with my left hand, but most people cut with their right hand, so the knife goes on the right. That's how you can remember it. Um, and then um, the napkin can go either under the fork or on the plate. Either is fine. Um, if you have a bowl, say you have, like, fruit or you have a um, piece of pie for dessert or something, the bowl usually goes at the top left corner of the plate, um, so about 10 o'clock. Um, if you are doing a more formal setting, you may have a salad plate that would go on top of the um, dinner plate. So just set it right on top. If you have a dessert fork or spoon, that would go horizontally, so parallel with the edge of the table above the dinner plate. If you have a bread plate, that would go where your bowl would go. Um, and then your, your dessert bowl would then go directly above your plate at 12 o'clock. Um, and then for a bread knife, the bread knife would go horizontally, parallel with the edge of the table again, across the bread plate. Um, so that you know, if you do this every time, depending on what dishes you have, everybody will know, oh, the bread knife is always on the bread plate. Oh, the dessert fork is always above the plate. And then nobody has to fumble around to find it. Um, the most important one is obviously the glass, because 
most people who are blind, if they can't find the glass, are going to go looking for it. And unless they really go slow, if they're not expecting it to be on the left side of the plate, it's likely to get knocked over. And that's never fun. So if you always put it on the right side and everybody knows it's always on the right side, they know where to look for it and there's not going to be any spillage. Um, So that is setting the table and we will take questions now if anybody has any and also any ideas or techniques that you have you have to share. Lucy? Okay, if anybody has any questions, raise your hand. And so far. Okay. So, oh, now so, they're raising their hands. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why I usually give them a little, a few moments. Yeah. <laughs> All right, area code two zero one. Oh, she lowered her hand. I don't know why. No, I was trying to unmute. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is Lisa. I hit the wrong button. Um, I have a suggestion that has helped me enormously. Uh, Bed Bath and Beyond has these artesian dishes and their salad plates that have a lip and their dinner plates have a lip, Mm -hmm. which I find invaluable where I don't have to put my hands on my food to scoop it or I I can't have bread. So I don't, I don't have bread to hold the food while I scoop it over to get it onto my fork. And I just think they're great and their bowls are great. Um, They have, you know, soup bowls, but the plate dinner plates and salad plates have a nice little about a one inch lip. And they're so Remind us of that next week when we talk about personal eating and drinking techniques. That would be wonderful. Oh, sorry. Uh, if not, okay, then I, I will. Because um, that is a good. Okay, tip. thank you. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Okay, Monique. Hi. Um. Well, I struggle with the same exact thing. Um. You know, I struggle with the whole right and left thing. So, is there a way to yeah. go? work around that i try to remember that the knife is used in the right hand for most people so it goes on the right side that's the only way i can remember it and i don't even remember it then left and right is hard for me (laughs) yeah me too i yeah i cut with the left hand so i can't always remember that it goes on the left side on the right side because i don't use it on the left on the right side (laughs) i've been known to use both so (laughs) yeah anything and everything i do so, yeah, for most people, a knife is used in the right hand. Therefore, it goes on the right side. Um, that's usually the easiest way to remember that. Um, and also, I would mention, if you have quite a few utensils, um, just remember you eat from the outside in. So if you have, like, you know, should you have a caviar fork, for example, that would go on the far Right, uh, far right because or far left because it's a fork so on the far left on the outside because caviar is usually the first thing so and then like a salad fork will go on the left side of the uh, dinner fork because it comes before the dinner salad usually comes before dinner so eat from the outside in and that way if you go to a fancy restaurant you know also eat from the outside in Any other questions? Okay, no, no more hands. Okay, so we will move on to serving then. Um, so one of the first things that I suggest for serving is using a plate divider. So if you are serving up dishes, then you can use a plate divider such as the uh, food cubby. It is available on Amazon. There are obviously others. Um, The one on Amazon called the Food Cubby is $15 for two. I've seen them at Bed Bath & Beyond as well. Um, And it it is a divider that suctions to your plate. And then it has three little compartments, one for meat, one for vegetables, one for your carbs, like rice or potatoes. 
And then you know that, you know, if you fill up that spot, you are giving everybody equal amounts. And obviously for children, you wouldn't want to give a little less. Um, and, but you also know that for every plate, the meat is in the same spot. The vegetables are in the same spot. You know, everything's in the same order. And it looks nice. And also, if you ha- are entertaining other blind people, you can tell them meat is at 6 o'clock, vegetables are at 3 o'clock, carbs are at uh, 9 o'clock. And everybody will know it's the same on every plate. Um, another idea for serving is to have all of the plate, all of the dishes on the table ahead of time. And this is especially good for like Thanksgiving when you have a large number of people. Easter is another example. Um, Christmas also. So big holiday dinners where you have like 20 people, it's a little easier to have all the dishes out and just pass them around. If you pass dishes around, just make sure everybody passes them in the same direction. So announce ahead of time, okay, we're passing clockwise or passing counterclockwise or passing, you know, um, everybody's passing to the left or the right. So if you do this, um, the best way to do it is the host or hostess has the meat at their spot. If you don't have a meat, then it's whatever dish you think is the main dish. So that main dish could be a, you know, it could be a a pork or steak or fish, or it could be a nut loaf, or it could be a casserole. Whatever's the main dish, you you know, the host or hostess has that at their spot, and they begin the passing by serving themselves and then passing it whichever what direction they're going. In that way, you begin the train and everybody else gets the main dish first. Then you would have to, whichever direction is opposite from the direction you're serving, you would have your vegetable. That would remind you that it's going to go past the other side of you from where you picked it up. So you would have your vegetable and you would serve yourself the vegetable and then pass it in the same direction. Um, So everybody gets the vegetable next. If you wanted to do carbs before vegetables, that would be fine too. Um, But whatever direction you're passing, whatever order you want the food to go in, it's best to place those in order and then just you start the train and one dish is going around and then you start the next dish. And, you know, that way it, all of them are going in the same order and they come back to you in the same order. That way, if somebody wants seconds, you know, which order those plates are in at the end of the train and you can go, okay, the second dish is vegetables. They want vegetables. Here's the vegetable plate. Um, So you don't have to worry about fumbling around to figure it out. Um, If you have bread, that's usually passed out first. That would obviously go before your meat. Um, so just whatever order you want the dishes passed out in, um, it's best to have them in order on the table and then just grab, serve yourself, pass it on. Um, so if you do not have a plate divider and you want to measure out equal amounts for everybody, um, especially like vegetables or carbs, measuring cups are going to be your friend. If you get a one cup measuring cup and everybody gets one cup of vegetables and one cup of rice, then you know everybody's going to get the same amount and they can always go back for seconds. And your measuring cup will also kind of pack the food together and then it looks nice and neat on your plate, um, which does matter to a lot of people. And also, you know, you can prevent some touching, which some people don't seem to like. <laughs> I don't know why, but okay. Um, so you can also use your serving utensil as a measurement tool for meats and other things that you obviously can't pack into your um, measuring cups. So like bread, you can't, you can't, you know, you can't pack me- bread into a measuring cup. It's going to be 
all, you know, all flat and squishy and nobody's going to want it. So if you use your knife for bread or your, um, your uh, tongs for the meat, you can say, okay, I want the meat to come up to this point on my knife or other utensil. And then touch the flat end of the utensil, including the handle, if, it, if you want it that long, to the piece of food. And the pressure against the food will tell you when that ends. Um, and you could even, if you have gloves on, or you could take a fork, um, you could even touch your fork or your gloved hand to the end of the food and make sure that it measures up to where you want it. So everybody gets the same amount of meat or, you know, you can do custom sizes for children with that. Just, you know, all children get the same size also. Um, and that will look really nice on your table and that people can always go back for seconds. Um, so that would be for meat and other non, you know, things that you can't put in a cup, like bread or soup. You may want to use the same thing that you would use for a glass, which is a liquid level indicator. So for all liquids, a liquid level indicator will be your friend. There are many different ones out there. The most common one I've seen is called a Saywin. It has two little prongs and it sits on the edge of the cup or bowl. Then you put your liquid in and when it hits the edge of the prongs it makes right. a beeping sound long time back say i saw one that that played right. uh, you are my sunshine but i've not seen those again unfortunately because i love that song um but a liquid level indicator will give you a great way to serve up drinks and soups without putting your finger in somebody else's food or drink and that's kind of important for most people So that would be for serving. And if we have any questions about that, I'll take them now. All right. Well, let's give it a minute here. Mm -hmm. Give everybody a chance to raise their hand and get ready for it. <laughs> okay. okay. Marsha. Hi, Marsha. Hi. My question is not necessarily in serving, but when you measure, when you mentioned the measuring cup, mm -hmm. I keep one in the windowsill, and when I could see better, I marked the fourth and the half and the three quarters and the two thirds with nail polish. Mm. But um, when I'm trying to do liquid, I'm having difficulty measuring liquid things. Okay, um, so. Are you having trouble just getting pouring it into the cup? No, no. Uh, when I like, I was trying to measure a little less than a half of a cup of water to put over my uh, oatmeal. And oh, so got, you have you have a measuring cup that has the little the lines in it. I'm yes, and I I made okay. the lines big with um with uh nail polish. For people who have uh, really low vision that they can't see lines like that or they can't see at all, they can't see those lines at all, I don't recommend the glass measuring cups because oh, no, it's very plastic. hard. This is plastic. I broke several, so he gets me uh, everything. <laughs> I don't recommend those ones with the lines, though, because it's very hard to tell when you get to that line. Unless yeah. your finger is down in there and right. that works for you, but like, you know, you know that it doesn't work for family members and entertaining people. Right. Um, so I would recommend getting the individual measuring cups. So you get a one cup, half cup, quarter cup. Sometimes you get an eighth cup. I've seen two cups and even three cups, measuring cups. We have a two cup. Thank you for that idea. Yeah. I do have some that I um, haven't used, but I didn't even think about using those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are those I prefer. And I marked mine with um, puffy paint. Okay. So I actually did dots and dashes on mine. 
um, for my measuring cups, I have a two cup, like I said, and then the usual one cup, half cup, quarter cup, and eighth cup. Not everybody has an eighth cup, but some, some sets do. So for those, my two cup has a, um, two dashes. And then my one cup has a single dash. The half cup has two dots on top of each other, like the number two in Braille. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So you can do something like that. Your, qu- your quarter cup would just have the number four in Braille. And the, the eighth cup would then have the number eight in Braille. And you don't have to put the number in note sign because you know it's number. Right. Um, you know, you can also do combinations of dats, dashes, dashes and dots. My tongue got twisted. Dashes <laughs> and dots if you don't know Braille. So, like, my measuring spoons don't have room for the Braille dots. Enough for, you know, a, a four or an eight. So those have a combination of dashes and dots. Um, so my tablespoon has a has two dashes. My teaspoon has one dash, and then my um, half teaspoon has three dots. My quarter teaspoon has two dots, and my eighth has one dot. So the more paint on there, the bigger the cup. But then I can tell, okay. This is the eighth cup, eighth teaspoon because it has one single dot. Mess with the puffy paint and and tell tell me what what the dash is. You said it has two dashes. Yes. So on my um, measuring spoons, the two dashes would be the tablespoon. So the most amount of paint, two dashes would be for the biggest item. That way I don't have to stack them up just to tell which one is the right one. What's Braille for the dash? Um, there isn't, there isn't a dash in Braille. Well, yes, there oh, is. Oh, there's a hyphen. Yeah. Oh, oh, you mean the Braille symbol for a, a hyphen? Yeah, yeah, that would be, um, two dots at the very bottom. Um, but because measuring spoons don't have much room on them, yeah. um, I just do lines, which I mean, that's what I mean by a dash is a, is a straight line yeah. and then dot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I get. I get you. I just was trying to think in Braille because you said dashes and dots, so I switched from English. You know? Right. Yeah. I I meant um, print dashes, which are the long lines. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's very helpful because, um, especially with the teaspoons, I never thought about using puffy paint on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have puffy paint on the measuring things, but I don't think it's tall enough. I think the dash and dot thing would work much better. Okay. Um, for the uh, puffy paint to make it a little higher, I have seen high marks, which seems to work better for um, you know a more easily noticeable dot. And also those come in different high contrast colors, which might help you. Like I've seen black, red, and yellow, I believe. For high marks. So that's a specific uh, brand of puffy paint. And I believe that's from LSNS, but please don't quote me on that one. Oh, that's the name of it. High marks. High marks. Yep. That's what the, that's a brand of puffy paint that's um, intended for low vision as well, because it has the high contrast. Yeah. Um, I have, I have a fuchsia pink and black and white. Cause oh, cool. I, mark, I mark the back of my exercise clothes because Mm -hmm. my husband has those so I I put an M for me and a J for him and then after that so I know that it's exercise clothes that's a good idea yeah um also on the topic of measuring if you have a gravy or a salad dressing and you don't want to tip it up and try to figure out how much you have if you get metal measuring spoons you can actually bend the handle so that the spoon part of it is tipped at a 90 degree angle to the handle. Then you can dip that into the um, gravy or the um, salad dressing. And if you use a small one, then you could put it into like honey or, um, you know, any other small liquids that it has small opening. You could do that in mustard as well if you wanted. 
Um, is, is it skinny enough to get through the top of the jar? So, yes. So um, the tiny little eighth teaspoon would work for a honey, one of those ones that has a little squeeze tops, um, honey or mustard. That would probably be the only spoon that would fit into something that small. Um, so like your tablespoon is not going to fit into your honey or mustard squeezing squeeze bottle. Um, Cause I have had trouble with, with that also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a great way to do it. Um, and also like if you're measuring liquids for cooking, having the ability to dip your measuring spoon in is a great way to do it because all the extra liquid will just fall off. And then, you know, you have the exact amount without touching it. Um, now, uh, what did you say that thing is? It's bent and what so is that? If you, yeah, if you get metal measuring spoons, which are available <laughs> out there, um, is if you get a M-E- metal. M-E- oh, oh, you mean M-E-T-A-L, not M-E-A-D-O-W. M-E-T-A-L, yeah. So metal measuring spoons, um, usually like aluminum, those are easy to bend. Um, so you, then you just, you know, you can bend them with your hand and just bend it at a 90 degree angle. Um, so that the spoon is at a at an angle to the handle, and then you can just dip that in. <coughs> okay. Do we have any other hands? Uh, uh, the other yes. one is called High, oh. High Puffy Paint or High... High Marks is the brand. High Marks. H-I-G-H-M-A-R-K-S. I believe that's two words. Um, and that would be the high contrast puffy paint that comes in black, yellow, and red, I believe. Either H- red or orange. H-I-G-H-M-A-R-K-S, right? Mm-hmm. Marks. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. All you. right. Roberta. Hey, Roberta. There we go. Oh, you're breaking Ooh. up really bad, Roberta. Yeah, you're kind of on a wave there. <laughs> <laughs> We can't understand you at all. Sounds like Linus and Lucy. Yeah. Roberta, we can't understand anything here. I'm sorry, Roberta. Could you maybe try to leave and come back? Oh, the puffy paint somebody using doesn't make a. I'm not. How am Ro- I now? Roberta. Hey, Roberta. Hey, here. Yeah, I must have walked through the smoke. How I'm am gonna, I now? Do you want me to mute her? No. All right. I'll call back. Yes, yeah. please call back. I think that might help. Yeah, it's bad. I'm sorry. All right. She go ahead. Go meeting. to the next and we'll come back to Roberta when she comes back. We don't have any more raised hands. Okay. All right. Does anybody have any other suggestions for serving? What, you know, what's your favorite technique of serving? Okay. Monique. All right, Monique. Um, I was just going to say, I heard that there was, I heard that there was a set of talking measuring cups. Hmm. I've never heard of talking measuring cups. How does that work? I didn't I didn't even know about that until I started looking it up because somebody in one of the Facebook groups I was in was asking and I don't read Braille so I wonder if that would be the measuring cup with the lines and then it talks when it gets to the line. That could be useful. Yeah. I think I've never so. heard of those. Okay, Roberta is back. All right, Roberta, if you want to Unmute again. How's that sound? Oh, much That's better. Much oh. better. <laughs> okay. Oh, so, so I just have two suggestions about uh, measuring cups and spoons. Um, one is if your puff paint is not making a high enough mark, make one mark and then make you can make another mark right on top of that one, and that'll give it a little bit more uh, tactile feel. Um, I mean, that's something to try. The other thing is I, I truly believe in all my years of teaching newly blind senior citizens that more, I mean, less is more. And when it comes to marking things like a set of nested measuring cups, 
I look at what is the person getting mixed up? Like, mm-hmm. do they can, do they confuse the one cup measure from the quarter cup? Not likely. How about the half cup from the whole cup? Mm, not likely. How about the third cup from the half cup? Mm, yeah, probably. How about the quarter cup from the third cup? Mm, probably. So if I put one mark on the one third cup, that's the only thing I have to put a mark on. So that, wrong, it's just it's simple. It's just the simpler is better kind of theory that if you put a whole lot of marks on, then you got to remember every single mark. What does that mean? I don't remember. And so that was that's just another that's another idea. Yeah, that's a great idea for people who keep their cups together. Um, I personally yeah, do not. Yeah, I don't well, keep my cups together, and I will get. You know, if I have one cup and I, you know, it's smaller, I, it might be a fourth cup, might be a third cup, might be a half cup. I'm not sure. You know, so I prefer you, to mark all yeah, of them with uh, the Braille. And then that's true. every, you know, I already know Braille and it's easy to just say, okay, this mm-hmm. is a D, which is also mm-hmm. the number four. I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if I handed, if better. I said. If I had a set of one cup, half cup, third cup, quarter cup, and handed you something and said, what do you think this is? And it was very, it was smaller and it was unmarked. Mm-hmm. What would you guess? Right. So I would be able to guess that. But like uh, my set has a three cup, a two cup, a one cup, a half cup, a third cup, a fourth cup, and a quarter, uh, eighth cup. Eighth cup. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It goes all the way down. Oh my gosh. It's pretty cool. Which I love that set. You know, I've never seen sets before that had two cups and three cups, for example. Yeah. Those are nice. Yeah. But, you know, and I can tell the three cup and the two cup from all the others because they're much bigger. But the two cup and the three cup, I'm not sure which one's which if it's just that one cup or the fourth cup and Mm -hmm. the third cup when there's just that one cup. So, you know, for me, I like marking them all Um, for somebody else, you know, marking just the one that gets confused is a great idea. I'm not saying it's not. It's just not going to work for everybody. Right. Yeah. Just lots of tools in that toolbox. Exactly. And you get to choose which tool you use. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Thanks. Thank you. I'm glad we could hear you. (laughs) Okay, no more hands okay. until I say so. <laughs> <laughs> until you say so. Oh, you're in power now. Nope, I guess not. <laughs> so we will go on to organization. And, you know, at the end, there will be time for questions about anything related to any of the topics. And, you know, so if you have a question about um, either uh, setting or serving, you're welcome to ask that at the end as well. So... For organization, consider a sideboard or a serving tray if you're going to have a bunch of different dishes. Um, That way they're not all over the table and people can get up and go to the table and the dishes stay in the same spot. Um, If you only have three dishes, passing them around the table is easy. But if you have 10 different dishes, like many people do for Thanksgiving, having some of them on the sideboard and the main ones on the table can make things a little less confusing. So if you, if, you know, you know, everybody's going to want bread at the beginning, have it on the table, and then you can put it on the sideboard afterward because most people aren't going to want bread after the beginning of the meal. Um, if, you know, you know, everybody's going to want salad at the beginning, you could do the same thing, have it on the table and then put it on the sideboard. Um, there are rolling serving trays um, that are also very useful for the same reason. So if you don't have room for a sideboard to be a permanent fixture in your dining room, a serving tray that you put away when not in use can be a great thing. Um, Islands in kitchens that um, separate the kitchen from the dining room, for example, can also be a great place. Um, So if you have a kitchen that has an island separating or even there are some kitchens where there's a bar separating from the dining room. Those are also a great place to put extra dishes. Um, So, you know, consider doing something like that if you are going to serve Thanksgiving um, or another big holiday so that all the the table's not taken up with um, extra dishes that 
they're not going to be needed later on. So if you have a sideboard or a um, serving tray or something else that has multiple levels, like there are some sideboards that have multiple levels and serving trays almost always do. Hot dishes go on top. Why? Heat rises. If you have a cold salad or a pasta salad or some kind of cold soup and you have hot dishes underneath, that cold dish is not going to be cold by the time, you know, by the time it's ready to be served. Or if you have cheesecake on top and soup on bottom, that cheesecake is going to melt. So hot dishes go on top because heat rises. Um, so um, if you have a sideboard or if you have a serving tray or a another storage place for dishes near the dining room, you want to make sure you have enough play settings for at least four people. If Even if you are a family of two, you're just a couple, having four play settings means that you have two extra. If you are a family of four, you might consider bumping that up to six so that if you have a couple that comes over, you have the two extra settings right there. And you can just add them to the table and good to go. Um, and then you would have your extra place settings elsewhere if you got more people. Usually when somebody drops in, it's not more than two or three people. And you can easily just grab uh, place settings and go. Um, if you know that somebody's going to drop in that has, you know, two, two parents and a child, you might want to bump up your place settings in your dining room to an extra three, um, whatever your circumstances are. But you should always have at least four place settings, um, even if you're just a household or two. If you're a household of one, you might want to leave it at just three place settings. But most people like to keep it even. So four place settings should, you know, place settings should be your minimum. And then you want to make sure that you have at least one plate for everybody and preferably a little uh, second little smaller plate for salad or bread, at least one bowl at least one glass and at least one set of utensils for everybody. So knife, fork, spoon. And that way, you know, you can easily set the table from in the dining room and you don't have to go back and forth to the kitchen, to the cabinets. Um, that's great if you have the room for storage, but what if you don't have the room for storage? Then a serving tray might, again, might be the best option. You can keep it in your kitchen when not in use and it's extra counter space. Or if you don't have the room in your kitchen, like say you have a galley style kitchen, that serving tray could go in a closet or in the corner of your living room as an extra side table when not in use. And then, you know, grab it when you need it and it's available. So if you are using a serving tray that is being used somewhere else, at, you know, when it's being stored, when you want to set it up, Go ahead and place however many place settings you decide you need for that meal on the tray and then bring the entire thing to the dining room. That way you don't have to go back and forth to the kitchen, which, you know, going back and forth to the kitchen with dishes can be an issue. Um, if you're using a serving tray again, and you then you could do the same with your um, dishes of food. Just roll it back and forth. And then you don't have to worry about carrying that hot plate of uh, pork to the table and oops, one just fell off. Well, somebody else, somebody doesn't get pork. You know, or you're carrying the gravy boat. Oops, the gravy just spilled all over the floor. Now you got to clean it up. If you put it on the serving tray and you just roll it carefully and not hit bumps, then you don't have to worry about anything spilling and all the food gets to the table. Um, and plates can be the same way. You know, if you're carrying a, a stack of plates in one hand and a stack of bowls in the other, you can't use your cane. The possibilities of running into a wall and cracking a dish are high. So those are all good possibilities for ease of movement between the kitchen and dining room and storage in the dining room um, for organization's sake. Um, if you use paper napkins, you would want to have your paper napkins in the sideboard or on the serving tray also. 
If you use fabric napkins, same thing. You just want to make sure you have those available um, and make sure those are laundered beforehand. And then um, if you use napkin rings, the best way I've found to store napkin rings is to go ahead and put them on the napkins. And then they don't roll all over the place. Um, and then, you know, you have them ready to go. You can just grab however many you want. You don't have to worry about stuffing through stuffing the napkins through the napkin ring right then and there. It saves you a little time. So we did mention arranging the dishes in an order of service. Um, and that would be done also on a sideboard. If you don't have a big enough table to put all the put the dishes on the table and you want to put all the dishes on the tape on the sideboard or the serving tray, you would want to put them in order of service. So that way people can go through buffet style and just go, okay, meat, vegetables, carbs, you know, whatever order you want to put it in. Um, and that way you can, you know, that everybody's getting everything because that they want because everybody's going down the same way. And it's all lined up nicely. Um, if you have like a serving tray, you might, you know, obviously you want to put hot dishes on top. Uh, I'm sorry, on bot. Yeah, on top. I'm sorry. Uh, I get confused there. Hot dishes on top because the heat rises. Remind myself. So you might put your main dish and your carbs on top. And then you would put your bread and your salad and your dessert on bottom. And then just remind people, don't touch the dessert till the end. <laughs> Dinner first, then dessert. So, um, again, if you are organizing a big um, dinner, passing them around the table in the order that they are uh, going to be served is a great way. And then if it's not going to stay on the table for seconds, um, like salad or bread, you can then decide it's going on the sideboard and take it out of the order. But then you have the place in arrangement on the table for people who want seconds. Okay, so do we have any questions about organization or other tips that people might have for organi organizing dinners and meals in general? All right. Marsha has her hand up. All right. And you have 12 minutes left, okay? Thank you. Marsha? Yes. Uh, Jill, what, what would you do about um, when you have snacks and it's dips and people are dipping in potato chips or stuff like that, um, you know, or, or carrots or celery? Um. I typically have little bitty bowls. Um, you can find little bowls for uh, in dish sets, or I really like the bowls that the Japanese have for like soy sauce, the teensy tiny little bowls that are meant for like soy sauce and wasabi and stuff. Those are great for dips because then, you know, they just get a little bit and it doesn't take up a whole lot of room. Okay. Um, those can be easily found. In a lot of places, Bed Bath & Beyond, Target might have them. Uh, I know Amazon would have them. If you are in a city that has a Chinatown, that's a great place to find those. And then you can find the ones that will match your dishes very easily. Yeah. Yeah, those are that, that's what I would suggest. And that way you don't have to worry about people dipping into the same thing. Um, no worry about double dipping. No worry about passing it around. Um, right. And maybe spilling. So, yeah, I would just you know, have one spoon and say, okay, here's your, here's your dipping bowl and here's a spoon, put how much you think you need and you can always get more. Right. The, the other thing that my, my dishes are white. I was glad you mentioned the, the uh, thing with the lip on the side. I mm -hmm. maybe can get out there to see that. But um, when I make eggs, I can't see the eggs on the plate. So my mm -hmm. legs my latest thing is, is I put paprika on it so I can see where the egg is. No, oh, you could also put black pepper if you like black pepper. Oh, I, I do that. That, that would I, contrast. I can see the, I can see the paprika better. Awesome. Um, and the, 
best thing that I've seen for, um, if you can't see the plates, I really like plate dividers. And there also are um, overlays that is just one big circle. And those are good, not just for serving, but also if you have somebody like a child, especially, uh, or someone who's br brand new blind, you know, just newly blind, that's the word, <laughs> newly blind, then maybe they have a little trouble with the edge of the plates and you don't have those plates with the lips. So then you would have this um, overlay and it's just basically a big hollow circle with a raised lip and you can stick it right onto a dinner plate and it sits right on the edge so that it holds it in place. And then they have a lip um, just already there. And that's good for serving as well because you can feel that lip and then it goes straight on the plate. I've never heard of that. Yeah, they, they have them. Um, many of the um, stores for the blind, like the independent living stores, will have those. That they're just, it's just a big plastic um, hollow circle that's on the top of your plate. Um, I like the plate divider, though, because not only is it good for keeping the food separated, but also it looks really nice when you have everything in perfect order on every plate. And you can use it as a measuring device if you are losing weight. You know, you can say, okay, this is the same amount. This this meat piece will fit in there because it is two, you know, um, one serving. And then you can say, I'll always put this amount in that divider because that is one serving. You don't have to worry about measuring as much. Okay. And that's really good for diabetics also because um, they have to watch, you know, this is how much carbs I can have. So I really like those plate dividers. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Any other questions or ideas? Nope. Okay. Well, we'll go ahead and close out. And if we have any other questions about anything related today or general tips about independent living skills, now would be the time to do that. So we have any raised hands at this time, we'll go ahead and take any general independent living or related to this specific topic. No raised hands? Nope. Okay. So that would conclude today's call. And next week we will do part two of the dining room, which will be personal eating and drinking techniques. So when you are sitting at the table, what do you do rather than when, when you are serving others um, and passing food around? We'll talk about that next week and come ready with your tips and tricks that you might have for would yourself. That, would that also include when you go to a restaurant and, and yes. ordering all yes, the Yes, exactly. Yeah. When you sit down at a table, what do you do to eat and drink and not spill and you know make a mess? Yeah, but, you know, when I go in with somebody to a restaurant, it, I don't want them to have to read the whole menu. And I never knew how to handle that. That's a good point. We should definitely talk about that. I'll mention that when we when we go over the um, dining room next week. That's a good, good idea to talk about. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. Well, I will see you guys next week. I hope you all have a great week and we'll have lots of fun talking about eating and drinking next week.